Actually, guys, can you give me one minute? Can I take that call? Yeah, sure. absolutely. Mike and I are ready to do this podcast with Gerald, and he walks away. Too big, too important for talking to Mike and I. I get it. It's good to be the Gerald, I guess. But All right, sorry about that. No problem. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Squat Cobbler. I'm sure you missed us, but it is awesome to have nurture and support back. See Kelly and Mel doing their thing. I'm a huge supporter, and I'm sure you guys are too, so make sure you're listening to that. And if you're listening to this, I really hope you liked and subscribed. I am Dr. Mike at Official Pagan on everything, and joining me as always... Hi, everybody. This is Kelly at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter and Instagram. Now, because we're professionals, there is two quick pieces of business I need to get out up front here. By the time you guys are listening to this, and I'm sorry, this is a shameless plug, and I'm not referring to Kelly and I's sex tape that leaked from our lost weekend, R.I.P. Booty Dust. But there is a shameless plug here. For anyone who's listening to this, by the time you're listening to this, we will have launched a new website for my band, Pagan. So you guys should go and check it out. It is officialpagan.us. And on there, for the first time ever, you can buy digital downloads of our albums and stream them directly from us. It's exciting stuff. It is. I was I was trying to come up with a wise guy remark, and it's just it, the wise guy remarks are not are not flowing tonight. But that's awesome, though. We will be sure to include the link since we've been um, publicizing this on the social media interwebs. By the point people are hearing this, yes. Okay. At the point we're recording this, no. Gotcha. We're just putting the finishing touches on it. And the first thing you guys will notice when you go on there is that there will be a pre-order for a digital copy and as well as physical copies, but a pre-order for a digital copy of our brand new album session, which Kelly is going to appear on. Yeah, that's the one thing I was a bit surprised. Official Pagan's a nice domain name, but Kelly Carries Pagan, I'm sure it was available. Well, actually, it's not because <laughs> <laughs> I've reserved Kelly Carries Pagan because I have a lot of content to put out there on that. So, But I'm, I'm happy to sell it to you at some point if you want it. I appreciate that, Kelly. The other bit of business we need to handle because we are professionals here. I misspoke. In our previous episode, our episode about the bad album titles, and it was in referring to vaginas. I'm so glad you took some time to um, correct this. Continue. I said that I had made a reference to Britney Spears' vagina. That is not true. And I apologize for misleading the squatties who are not familiar with the backstory there. I had made a reference to Elizabeth Berkeley's vagina. <laughs> Elizabeth Berkeley, of course, was the star of Say by the Bell and Showgirls, whereas Britney Spears is a goddamn national treasure. I was not ever referring to her vagina. She is just always on our mind. We are big fans of her here, unlike Hanson. So I just want to apologize to Miss Spears, as well as well as Elizabeth Berkeley's vagina for the second time on this show for for using her vagina out of context. Yeah, I I decided not to explore Britney Spears' vagina further in the uh, in the in the podcast. <laughs> when you brought it up, I was like, okay, I don't I don't want to know. There there must be a backstory here that I don't want to know. But now, <laughs> now it makes much more sense because there is a backstory. Yeah. Which 
if I can dig it out, I'll include a link to the, the podcast or the video show that Mike's referring to. So that might be some bonus con- content for you on the blog. We'll see. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I apologize. And I apologize for, for throwing Kelly off there. He was all in his vagina rhythm and I just messed everything up. And I apologize to everyone involved. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do for YouTube for this one. We, we, we may just. Vagina, you can say vagina. I, it's yeah, a, I, a proper I, term. Yeah. And I'm a doctor. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I'm aware you say you're a doctor. <laughs> vagina. Okay. So tonight. <laughs> We are getting back to our playlist prisoner exchanges. So, Kelly, are you a butthole guy? The band Butthole Surfers, I'm assuming that is the reference. Well, um, of course. Kelly. Yes. I um, I have not been, I believe, when you brought up your fandom of them and the fact I was going to get some content at some point to, to do maybe even an album in a prisoner exchange, you had mentioned that once I started to, to listen to them that you're pretty confident that it was going to be a, a group that I liked. So I would say up until the content you provided to me, I didn't have a lot of context to go off of, but I would say I am a fan of the band now. I'm glad to hear that, sir, because there's definitely more butthole servers coming. There's definitely going to be a prisoner exchange at some point. So I wanted to get the playlist in first to kind of, because they, they do have a fairly diverse sound. So I wanted to kind of throw some different elements at you to see see where we might land on the prisoner exchange for the full album. Sounds good. All right, so let's get this started. We're just moving right along here as we as we are want to do. So the first song that I gave you on the playlist. Now, were you familiar with any of these, Kelly? I was not familiar with any of these songs. However, I would say I was very familiar with songs that had I'm assuming significant influence on two of them. As we go through, we'll talk more about that. Okay. Well, I'm assuming this might be one of them. Nope. Oh, really? Okay. So we open with Sweat Loaf. Now, this album, Locust Abortion Technician, was actually mentioned in our previous episode because it made the bad album titles list of the article that we were speaking of. This is actually probably, as far as a a whole album of theirs, my favorite album of theirs. It is one of their more popular albums. It's not their debut, but it's early in their career. It's very experimental. It's a little heavier than later stuff is, kind of all over the place. But this song in particular, I, I feel like shows off the diversity of the band and sort of the, I never got a chance to see them like live in their early days like this. And this encompasses the the more chaotic sort of punk rock feel of their shows the way the way I've read about it. It starts off with some, you know, melodic ambience, then a spoken word passage before launching into a sort of half cover of Black Sabbath's Sweet Leaf before going in its own direction again. The song clocks in at over six minutes. It's very experimental and all over the place. I love it. This song in particular is interesting. Uh, if there are any Red Hot Chili Peppers fans out there, the Red Hot Chili Peppers quoted lyrics from this song in one of their songs, including the attribution to it being a butthole surfer's lyric in the lyrics of the song, which I thought was interesting. So I liked it. Thought it was a, I really did enjoy it. I was a little concerned. The father-son intro at the beginning felt like an ominous introduction. I'm like, so what's going to happen next here? <laughs> there was a, a genuine menace going on, in, the, in my opinion, in the father and son conversation and pointing out that it is far worse to regret what you've done than what you haven't done. And I was like, oh, goody, where's this going? <laughs> but <laughs> but no, I liked it. Uh, as you mentioned, chaotic shifts a lot in tempo between some real power guitar uh, to kind of little calmer passages and then kind of repeats that cycle a couple times. Plus a heavy dose of atmospheric stuff in it as well. So a really enjoyable, intriguing, complex song, and I liked it. 
Very nice. Well, moving right along. So the Butthole Surfers were a very well-respected band, but didn't have a ton of commercial success. Their songs were, they were on MTV here and there. They had some songs that were on movie soundtracks and different things like that, but never broke into the mainstream in part because of their name. And then of course the music itself, as you probably saw on this playlist, is somewhat experimental and all over the place. In the 90s though, and they were well into their career at this point, multiple albums, tours, years on the road. They did have a brief very brief commercial period in the 90s and that was kicked off with this song this song became a extremely unlikely radio hit for them <laughs> extremely unlikely that a song by the butthole servers <laughs> was getting heavy 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 radio rotation back when terrestrial radio still existed most radio stations wouldn't even say their name and when big box retail stores carried the album they covered up the band name and some stores even requested a censored cover which excluded the band name at all. I believe it was just a B, some symbols, and an S. What were your thoughts on Pepper, sir? And again, very catchy, very radio-friendly. What did you think when we hit this one? So one of my favorites on this playlist. Really enjoyed it quite a bit. The lyrical stuff in this is amazing when there's things like, she was Sharon. Sharon's outlook on the topic of disease is some pretty great lyrics uh, from there. The fact they clarify that Flipper did die of natural causes was a big relief to me as well. So lyrically, home runs for me all the way around. Kind of a jangly guitar. And as I'm listening to it, I go... This is reminiscent. This is reminiscent of somebody that I, I like a lot. And it's, so it's like, did I hear this song before? And I go, no, they sound like Beck. They sound a lot like Beck on this song. And then I thought about it a little bit further. And Loser by Beck and this song are very, they're akin, I guess, at least a lot, of, particularly in the delivery of the, the lyrics, which is hipster rap, whatever, whatever the, the version, it's not real rap, but it's, it's as close as hipsters can get to rap, whatever that delivery is that Beck does really well. These guys do really well on Pepper. I think it's really, really fun, but both it and loser are, I, I'm not saying that it's a knockoff of a loser. And I'd have to go back and look, if you said this was in the nineties, loser came out in the nineties too. I'd have to see who was first, but there is a lot of, a lot of similarity for uh, at least in the kind of ambience of the song and the, the fact that there are these long, clever, rapish lyrics delivered in a really cool way. And so I love Beck. I love Loser. It's a great song. I like this song as well. So I would say Loser predates this song, but Butthole Surfers vastly predate Beck. Butthole Surfers go back to the early 80s. Yeah, Deese, do you see where I'm going with maybe a little bit of a... a... I know, I, I definitely do. I, th I think that this song is a little bit... And so there is those sort of like Jang guitars and rap influences in their vocals prior to this but i would say the way that it's delivered is indicative of what was going on in sort of alternative rock in the 90s at that time but loser came before this song but butthole servers before beck so I feel like it's probably a Beck was probably influenced by butthole surfers in some way. And then they were more directly influenced by a specific Beck song. That's how I would put it. Okay. But this, I wanted to include, I did include a couple of commercial successful songs for them. So prior to this song, breaking big mainstream audiences closest brush with the butthole surfers uh, would have been the vocalist of the band did guest vocals on a ministry song called Jesus Built My Hot Rod, which became a big hit a few years prior to this, earlier in the 90s. But it was a ministry song featuring the vocalist of Butthole Surfers. And that brings us to our next song, Who Was In My Room Last Night. This is one I, I, I would be surprised if I'm wrong on. I thought this is one you would really enjoy. It's a lot more driving, a lot more of their punk influences come out in this one. This album in particular, I want to say this is when I really got into the Butthole Surfers, even though it's not 
my favorite album of theirs. Uh, a few songs off of this album made their way into my then sort of new burgeoning CD collection through compilations and soundtracks and things like that. So that made me go out and get this particular record. So this was really, I'd heard a few things from them, but this is my real album introduction to them. And this is kind of indicative for the most part of the sound of this particular record. I did like it quite a bit. It probably third on this list though, in terms of, so I like Pepper a little bit better. Uh, than that, and there's one other one coming up that I like a little bit better, but I do like this song quite a bit. I did get a little concerned at the very beginning because uh, as the guitars first kicked in, I go, ah, it's the good old raise your fist and yell guitars <laughs> that are coming through uh, for a second. And and that was just, it was momentary and certainly uh, nothing nothing to be, be critical of. But then there's just a shift in the delivery and the guitar work on this is great. I love it as the song moves along. Possibly the longest feedback ending of any song I've ever done before, which was cool as well, but definitely a driving song and, and one, one of my favorites. There were just a, a bunch of songs on this that I ended up liking quite a bit. Uh, and this was amongst them, but uh, except Pepper a little bit more and another one coming up. Excellent. Well, I'm glad that so far you seem to enjoy it. Like I said, this is one of my favorite bands. So it's cool to kind of introduce it to somebody who wasn't that familiar with them. Spoiler alert, you're not going to get any dislikes on uh, this uh, playlist. Now, you know, down the road, we do a prisoner exchange. Y'all do it. You might get a dislike or two. We'll have to see. All right. So that brings us to Dracula from Houston. I like the album Weird Revolution. It's not well regarded in the entirety of their catalog, though. A lot of people see it as an overly polished, overly commercial record for them. It does seem like it's an attempt at making something that's generally more radio friendly while other albums had songs like pepper and things like that on them most of this record is kind of in this style i wanted to include this song though because after pepper this is probably their best known song not counting pepper in fact this was used as the theme song for the show scrubs which i didn't watch but i'm aware existed and was very popular and on for a long time so there's probably many many millions of people who've heard this song and don't even know it's a butthole surfer song <laughs> So this ended up being my favorite on the list. Like I said, I liked everything on it. So it's a great song. As it was playing, I, again, I was going like, okay, I'm, I'm getting a, some, this is reminding me of somebody. And then I was going to kind of mid, mid-career mid Lou Reed uh, a little bit in just kind of the delivery for a second. And then the hook, the kind of the guitar riff that runs through it, I go, yeah, and probably another reason, and this isn't mid, this is early Lou Reed, but Sweet Jane, the guitar, the car riff from Sweet Jane, has has uh, some similarity to it. Thought about it a little bit more and said, you know, somebody else who liked the Sweet Jane guitar rift was Alice Cooper because beat both Be My Lover, Sweet Jane, and Dracula from Houston. If you put lined all three of those riffs together, they're not carbon copies of each other, but they're all they all kind of play out a very similar way in very different settings and type of thing. And I didn't, I was not a regular Scrubs watcher. I did catch an episode or two. So that was another place where I probably had familiarity because as soon as the song started to play, I said, I know this song, I've heard it before. So it was likely from Scrubs, but that riff has, has made the rounds or a, a something similar, at least it, to my opinion, in both Be My Lover and Sweet Jane. And I, I totally missed the Be My Lover, Sweet Jane similarity until this song. And I'm like, oh, all these guys are kind of close. I mean, I could definitely see not just in this song. I mean, I definitely see the Sweet Jane thing now that you said it. I didn't pick up on that myself, but totally agree. I could definitely see, though, and I don't want to I've never I haven't researched their influence as much. So I'm I'm 
just talking out of my ass here, but I could definitely see Lou Reed being an influence on them going, thinking over their catalog the way that I have. I could definitely see Lou Reed being one of their bigger influences. So that makes perfect sense to me. Then they wouldn't be the only one that Lou influenced. So, right. Well, that brings us to Hurdy Gurdy Man. So a full on cover and not just incorporating part of a song the way that Sweatloaf did with Sweet Leaf. This is a full on proper cover. Um, <laughs> So the vocals, they took the vocal distortion from the original and exaggerated it to where the vocals and parts are completely unintelligible to sort of mock the song. But the music itself is totally a legitimate, caring, straightforward cover. And I would say significantly better than the original. And it's much more guitar driven, true to the original, but the musicianship is is significantly higher. Butthole Surfers are great, great musicians at their core when you strip away some of the more shock value elements or the sort of erratic style shifts, if you just focus on the music, incredible musicians. I really think that this song, once you get past the overly distorted vocals, really shows that off, that they can pull off a cover like this that's actually true to the original and improves upon it, but still do the butthole surfers thing and sort of poke fun at it with the vocals. You know, we try and stay light on the research on these and just kind of experience them and do all that. But I did, after realizing this was a Donovan cover, I did go back and listen to the Donovan version of this as well, the original. Uh, And I would agree wholeheartedly with you that uh, this is a better version. It is almost like if the Kinks and the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band had a baby that was going to do this song, it would be it would be the butthole surfers would be that baby <laughs> singing hurdy gurdy man. So that was just clever and it, you know just kind of a a nice humorous element to say we're going to take that distortion or the what was done in the original and kind of take that to eleven and do that it was pretty good. So I thought it was a pretty fun and interesting song, significantly better than the original. Totally agree on every level, and I I don't mind the Donovan song. I like it, but I love what they did here because the music is significantly better. It's it's more driving rock, which I think is speaking for both of us, which I feel comfortable in this situation, uh, more in our wheelhouse than the Donovan song. And then I love the sort of poking fun at it with exaggerating the vocal effects. No argument here. <laughs> Agree. I wasn't sure if you dropped off over your. Yeah, waiting. no. This is this is used. This is usually the point where I drop off, but no, I'm good. <laughs> That's why I was like, uh-oh, we're getting to the end of it. It's gonna, Here you go. Something's going to happen. All right, so that brings us to the last song on the playlist. Again, sticking to sort of a better-known song. This one wasn't like a radio hit or anything like that, but it was part. It was done for the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack, the 90s movie. That soundtrack was a huge, huge success. I believe this is their only like multi-platinum album, and it's because of this soundtrack. The movie was a big hit, but the soundtrack actually dramatically overshadowed the movie. A lot of these songs were were played to death on the radio. So again, one of the better known songs of theirs. And again, I, I also think it does show off the diversity. It's a moodier song, a darker song. It has more of like, a, I'm trying to think of the right word, like a, a plotting sort of pace to it, more of a menace to it. What did you think, sir? I enjoyed this song. I thought lyrically very, very interesting again with, you know, the often repeated uh, refrain, I had a dream last night and it fit me like a glove. I think that's pretty cool. To a degree, I don't know if if you would agree or not, there's almost, like, if you think about early Alice Cooper group, not psychedelic Alice Cooper group, but, you know, the glory years, the love it to death, billion dollar babies time frame, there's almost a little bit of that vibe to them at this point in time that it's, you're going to have music with punch, there's going to be all kind of kind of clever little twists and turns going on. 
There's going to be some humor infused. And it just struck me when I listened to this song in particular, I just got that feeling a little bit that, that it had just kind of, again, not derivative of the original Alice Cooper group, but I just, I had the same feeling of a, a time of Alice Cooper that Mike and I, you know, of all of Alice's stuff, probably the biggest fans of that time frame. And I just felt inspired. It felt very similar to me as that. I could definitely see that. And again, just like with Lou Reed, I could see, I haven't done much research, but I could definitely see Alice Cooper group in particular being huge influence on this band. No, this was a this was a good introduction for me. So I look forward to the prisoner exchange because that'll be good. Because there wasn't anything on here I didn't like. It was all good and uh, it was fun and just interesting turns and twists along the way. Very nice. I mean, it's going to, somewhat spoiler alert, probably going to be Locust Abortion Technician. The only reason I wouldn't choose that one is that one does tend on the heavier side overall. But, I mean, it's probably going to be that record. It is my favorite of theirs. Yeah, you keep holding that one out as a threat, and I'll hold uh, Sandinista. <laughs> that's my that's my <laughs> long-standing prisoner exchange. Uh, I got to build up the uh, emotional bank account with you because that's three albums worth of <laughs> stuff, some of which is awesome, some of which is... It could have been two albums. <laughs> so if you want to, and, and this is probably something that, you know, the squaddies want to hear this exchange. If you wanted to do Sandinista, if it's a triple album, I could recommend a triple album as well. We could do a triple album exchange. Okay. That sounds fair. <laughs> Prince it is. All right. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's cool that I got to introduce you to this band. Hopefully when we do a prisoner exchange, uh, you're still into it <laughs> when we're able to do that. It is a pretty diverse body of work which i do think this shows off a little bit i did put some of their better known songs on here too not just for you but for the squatties as well who may not be familiar with butthole surfers but may recognize a song particularly whether it's pepper or whatever those are their you know or the scrubs theme song so you know those are their three biggest songs by a dramatic (laughs) distance to everything behind it also too of note i have not read it yet it just recently came out but gibby haynes the vocalist and synthesizer player of the band and co-founder of the band just released his first book and it is a fiction book and it's gotten very very good reviews so i'm looking forward to reading that so if anybody is interested if you're already a fan or want to check out more of their stuff there is a book that you can check out now a real renaissance butthole surfer (laughs) (laughs) and just for bonus points he was a not anymore but there was a period of time where he was a frequent guest on fox news really Yeah, yeah. On their like late night shows, they would bring him in, I guess, because he's intelligent, but in their way of seeing it, sort of more liberal than them. So it was like, we're diverse. (laughs) Like he's in a band called Butthole Surfers. He's definitely liberal. There you go. As usual, Mike drags us down into the political morass. And I didn't I wasn't even going to bring it up. Yeah, you, you did, though. (laughs) <laughs> he he did make multiple appearances on Fox News. They had a, a late night show. I cannot remember the name of it. I want to say it was called Red Eye. And uh, they would have musicians on there sometimes. And he was actually on there a number of times. Any impeachment thoughts you'd like to share before we leave, Mike? <laughs> no, no. I'm no okay. All right. Just wanted, just wanted to let you get it all out of your system. But if the butthole surfers, because technically they've been inactive for a while, but they never technically broke up. So if they would like to do a reunion tour and have Kelly and I introduce them, I feel like that's fair. We will absolutely do that. Uh, as long as they have a big Hanson sucks banner that's hanging, hanging <laughs> over the stage because we require that's that's in our writer. Now, any <laughs> any appearances, there needs to be a Hanson sucks uh, banner prominently displayed. All right. So you're, you're taking us down a, a tangent path here real quick. So if you were to have a writer, sir, what would be on it? 
Well, the the Hanson banner clearly articulated the importance <laughs> to me of that. In my other life, in, in the work life, I, ha- I did a podcast at work and handed that off to, to a couple other guys, uh, and they had me on as a guest, and we were joking about the writer. I came up with at that point, so I'm going to stick with it, is that I want a full banquet-sized table full of Big Macs uh, as part of my writer. I'm not going to eat them. <laughs> I just want the Big Mac smell. Maybe I'll have one Big Mac, but I just want the room to be covered in, in the essence of Big Mac when i when i speak so so you want the full white house experience yes the full there you go again (laughs) go back yes yes i do how about you i can imagine there's a few things it's probably not big macs (laughs) Uh, no so i i do get riders um because i occasionally go on tour so i i have had riders in my earlier younger man days i had a rider that i thought was brilliant at the time which was multiple boxes of and especially whenever we played festivals one of the things you find that it's extremely important as you get older is a place to stay that is typically not provided for artists or it's some like cheap motel that you're all cramped into one tiny dirty room of so now my realistic rider is i i need to stay in a fairly nice place i'm old (laughs) i need my own room i need space (laughs) and i need comfort but in my earlier days it would be that wherever we would stay which i was much more lax in what i was willing to accept back then but the place had to be stocked with boxes of lucky charms cereal and and this is where in my mind i was brilliant bags of mini marshmallows so that we can open them up, let them get stale, and then put more marshmallows into our Lucky Charm cereal. That's planning ahead. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> and I would ask for multiple, like especially if it was a weekend festival, I'd ask for like 10 boxes of Lucky Charm cereal because then I would be taking the rest home. It's no table full of Big Macs, but it's pretty good. <laughs> In my mind, I was like, this is brilliant. And then I would start talking to other bands and they would ask for things like socks, underwear, undershirts, things like that so that they could have clean clothes. <laughs> and i was like then they'd be like what did you ask for did you get socks did you get and i was like i got um 15 boxes of lucky charms <laughs> so yeah that's that was my real rider on our first couple of national tours it revolved around boxes of lucky charms and bags of marshmallows and i'm sticking with my big backs <laughs> <laughs> because kelly's a trump supporter good night everybody <laughs> good night <laughs>